The following podcast is very scary. Listener discretion is advised. From childhood's hour I have not been. As others were, I have not seen. As others saw, I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source I have not taken my sorrow, I could not awaken. My heart to joy at the same tone, and all I've loved, I've loved alone. Then, in my childhood, in the dawn, of a most stormy life was drawn. From every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm, and the clouds that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue, of a demon in my view. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. Welcome to All Hallows' Eve. I thought it was most fitting to start our night with a poem from Edgar Allan Poe called Alone. After all the Halloween festivities are done, I love to end my night in the dark, listening to spooky podcasts. And the thing I love most about a paranormal podcast community is that we stick together. I think a lifetime of being outcasted has drawn us to do so. But it also leaves me wondering why they chose the path. Of haunted podcasting. There must be an origin story. So I've started inquiring. I had the chance to talk to Jose and Samantha of the Calaveria podcast, who had some pretty eerie stories of a house they grew up in that they were convinced was not haunted. We never grew up in a haunted house or anything like that, but for some reason, we always seemed to experience things. And we always knew that we could come to each other because we'd be the only ones to believe us. Everybody would think that we were crazy for some reason or just kind of joke around and laugh at us. But we knew that what we were seeing or experiencing was real. Hello, my name is Jose Hernandez and I have a podcast called Calaveria. We grew up in the Central Valley of California and we experienced things all throughout our lives, so we thought it'd be only appropriate to start a paranormal podcast where we could share our own experiences and anybody else's stories. Hi, I'm Samantha. I'm the co-host to the Calaveria podcast. And as my brother stated, you know, we grew up hearing stories, having our own experiences, and we just always wanted to share those experiences and also anyone else's. And so this podcast is kind of our outlet to do so. So growing up, we never really lived in a haunted house, as we said. But we've always had strange experiences. They bonded as siblings over their paranormal interests. 
we had found this particular YouTube channel that was like a compilation of like the scariest videos and each week they'd upload like one or two videos and so we would get together very late at night anywhere from like midnight you know on and we'd be like oh there's a new video there's a new video and so I vividly remember us just kind of like sitting there together every single night on the couch all the lights off snacks or whatever and watching these videos so I always remember this being like some sort of thing that we shared together. We always have conversations about like, oh, there's this new horror movie coming out. Like we have to see it or like, have you seen it? And, you know, even recently, like we talked about going to horror nights this year. Like it's just something that brings us closer and that we know we could always talk about. But then their not haunted house came alive. My earliest paranormal experience was when I was very young and as a child I was very scared of pretty much anything and I like more specifically I was scared of the dark and I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and run to my mom's room and kind of sneak into her bed and just fall asleep there and this happened multiple times you know throughout my childhood and you know I'm not ashamed to admit it I I was scared in the safety of his mother's bedroom, his experiences continued. On occasion, I would fall asleep and then wake up to like knocking on the wall. It was kind of like saying like, hey, I'm here. Her room was towards the end of the house. So the other side of that wall was our backyard. So it made no sense for us to hear any sort of knocking or any noise. And if it was, it was coming from the outside. Each time I would kind of sit there and just stare up at the ceiling, maybe waiting for it to stop. And I would wake my mom up and ask her if she heard it or if it was her. And each time she'd like wake up all groggy and just kind of like tell me to be quiet and go back to sleep or to leave her alone. So the headboard had this decorative piece that actually had a middle opening and in that there were these rods that connected one side to the other so you could roll your fingers across and you'd hear the rattling of it. So I would be sleeping and I'd randomly wake up in the middle of the night and then out of nowhere I'd start hearing the rolling of those little rods. And again I assumed it would be my mom just messing around or trying to get me to go back to sleep by scaring me but every time I'd wake her up you could tell she was asleep. But the activity didn't stop there. I remember I got in trouble with one of my parents and was sent to my room. So I remember going into my room, and this room in particular had sort of like a latch hook that you could lock from the inside. And being mad and disgruntled, I decided to lock the door from the inside. So I remember closing the door and locking it because I didn't want anybody going in there trying to talk to me. I remember just being so angry and all these emotions. Eventually I ended up falling asleep and when I finally woke up it was later on in the day and it was nighttime already. I had no idea what time it was. I walked up to the door and I unlatched the hook and tried opening the door but for some reason it wouldn't budge. I tried over and over again to open the door. I tried pulling, pushing, knocking on it. I was calling out like, hey, please let me out. I remember looking under the door to see if there was anybody on the other side holding it, preventing me from trying to open the door. And I couldn't see anybody. 
so I thought it was weird that I couldn't, especially because there was no way to lock the door from the other side. I kept calling out, banging on the walls, banging on the door, and nothing. And once again, I looked underneath, at least this time, I seen what looked like somebody's shoes or the you know shadow of somebody standing on the other side. And so immediately I assumed it was probably one of my parents, if not Samantha. And I was calling out, you know what, it's not funny anymore, please let me out, you know, I don't want to, I'm sorry. Kept pulling and pushing, banging on there, please, please, please let me out. The door just opened. When I walked out, the hallway light was the only light that was on. Everybody else was asleep. I walked over to Samantha's room, which just so happened to be on the other side of the house. She was knocked out cold. My mom had the TV playing, but she was knocked out cold too. And at this point, it was the nighttime. I had no idea what it happened, who it was, but I just know that it scared me. No matter where he went, Jose's ghostly experiences followed. One day, I remember being dropped off at my grandma's house. For as long as I can remember, they had lived in this house, and it actually happened to be the house that my mother grew up in. My grandma always had a very vast collection of dolls, these, these old vintage-looking dolls with like extravagant dresses on, and she had them all displayed in different cases all throughout her house. The first room you walk into when you walk into her house, it's, it was her living room. And that's where we would spend most of our times with all of our cousins or if it was just Samantha and I spending the night there or something. Those same dolls were there. I ended up laying down on her couch watching TV and eventually I fell asleep. When I woke up, I looked around because I was confused. I didn't know where anybody was. I was calling out for my grandma to see if she was even in the house at that time. And I noticed that every single doll in the living room where I fell asleep was now facing me. They were all positioned to face straight forward, but somehow, some way, when I woke up, they were all looking off to the side directly at me. Their bodies weren't completely torn to me. It was it was just their heads that were like as if they turned their necks to look at me. Immediately got up and went to go look for my grandma. And I, I don't remember exactly where she was at that point, but I told her about it and she kind of just looked at me like, are you lying? Like, like, what are you talking about? I went in to show her, right? Like, look, you know, and I think she just assumed that I mess with them. Like I positioned them like that because, and it was, it's strange because like I mentioned, she had dolls all around like her house. This specific event happened in the living room and those were the only ones that were positioned that way. I'm pretty sure to this day, if you walk into her house, those dolls are still there. Samantha also started noticing things when she was a younger age and eventually her and her brother's experiences would intertwine. It's not an old, old house, but you could definitely hear when someone's walking by and when someone's walking into the room. 
And so, just being alone, sometimes you would hear just simple footsteps creaking on the floor. And you would just immediately assume, okay, someone's entering the room with me. You wait, and no one would appear. And the sounds would just stop. Often hear them just stop right at my door. And other times, it would sound as if they entered my room. I know me being like a science person, I've always just kind of assumed it has to deal with our brain just being just so in tune with like the quietness that was going on. So if you are just in a quiet room, you're bound to hear something. Like you, it could just likely be your brain stimulating itself. We would always hear someone call out our name. It would be strange because sometimes it sounded like our parents. My dad was calling me and I would hear him as if he was outside. I would realize I'm home alone. No one else is here and it couldn't have been him. They would call out my name in like different ways. Sometimes it sounded like they're calling for me to come towards them. Other times it sounded like they're calling out my name as if they were mad at me or something. Samantha. Because that's usually what they say when they want to grab my full attention. Sometimes the house wouldn't be exactly quiet. We'd still hear it while we watched TV or while we were doing something. The fact that we both have experienced this like in similar situations, and so it was just a little odd. She'd often hear this voice calling from her parents' bedroom. I know for me, I would often hear it on the other side of the house. A specific experience when I was washing dishes, and I just kept hearing like my name like be called out from my parents' room, and I was they're not even here. Like I'm home alone, and I am washing the dishes. Who is calling my name? I would also hear my name being called, and specifically, it would be my nickname. Everybody in my family and people that I've known since I was very little would call me Menyo. This was short for my middle name, which is Manuel. So nobody would really call me Jose. And I would always hear that name being called out. So I um, immediately assumed it was uh, my parents or Samantha. I knew if somebody said Jose, it wasn't somebody that I knew. I would hear both of them sometimes. Uh, there'd be days where he was already at, at work. And so when I'd hear it, it I would assume it was my, my mom because it did sound like an adult. And to, you know, a child, there's nobody else in there. You know, it's not Samantha. So I just assumed it was my mom. And it'd be very strange. I'd hear it coming from one side of the house where my parents' room would be. And I'd walk in there and they'd be watching TV. And I'd ask them, like, well, what do you need? And they would look at me as if they were confused. Other times I'd walk into the room and find my dad sleeping because he worked the graveyard shift, so he'd sleep during the day. So there would be no way that he had called me. For both of us, it'd be mainly from like our parents' room. Like You would always hear it on the other side of the house. It would never be anybody else. You know, it'd never be one of myself or Samantha or my mom. It would always be my dad. Both Samantha and Jose 
heard disembodied voices calling their names from their parents' bedroom. Jose always swore it was his father that was calling him. But the oddest thing that happened is that his dreams confirmed it. I would always have these weird dreams of a sort of doppelganger in our family, specifically associated with my dad. I would dream of us being all in the living room watching TV together, uh, all of us as a family. And my dad would call out to me and it'd be coming from his room. So I'd walk to the room and he slowly started to emerge out of the darkness. And then it hit me instantly once I seen him that, oh my God, that's not my dad. And so I'd run away and he'd never come out to everybody else. So it'd be like, only I would see this other version of my dad. And this doppelganger or this other version of my dad would never come back out. And I remember dreaming of this specific occasion like over and over. And so I would always think that like this was something strange. I didn't know if it was like an entity or something that was trying to get to me. And it was just something I could never wrap my brain around. And then it got even scarier. It was late at night and I was having trouble sleeping as I do. It was likely close to 3 a.m. and I was finally getting tired. The way I usually lay in my bed is with my back to the door. This is one of those times that I did hear someone walking towards my room. I assumed it could be my parents and I just heard the footsteps out there. I hear them enter my room. So I stayed silent and I didn't turn around even though I felt as if someone was staring right at me as I slept. When suddenly, I felt my bed divot behind me, as if someone was sitting right next to me. I felt my body tense up, and I held my breath. So I'm laying there, wondering who the hell is on my bed. Suddenly, I felt a singular finger touch the back of my neck. It slowly inched down my spine. With each inch, I felt it press deeper and deeper until I could just feel its nail pressing into my skin. I feel a singular finger touch my neck and slowly drag across my spine. It would press harder and harder. The finger felt like an actual person. That's the thing that scared me. It didn't feel like it could be anyone. The only odd thing about it was that I could feel its nail, and its nail was pretty sharp. The finger stopped at my lower back, and then pulled away. I laid in my bed frozen, and that's how I fell asleep. Samantha wasn't the only one to have an experience with this long-fingered, creepy entity. I remember this taking place when I was in the 8th grade, so I was probably around 13 at the time. It was not so late at night, it was probably 7 or 8 p.m., and I'm gonna gonna go to sleep early today. So at this point I decided to brush my teeth. So I was brushing my teeth and I think it's pretty natural, most people will look at themselves in the mirror to, you know, for whatever reason, while they're brushing their teeth. This mirror was a mirror that was attached to a medicine cabinet, so it wasn't very big. 
in the reflection, you could see the door right behind me and you could see the entrance to my bedroom. While I was brushing my teeth, I began to spit whatever I had in my mouth into the sink. I looked up, kept brushing a little bit more, spit again. And the second time that I looked up, I saw something in the corner. This was something that appeared to be in the bottom corner of my bedroom. There was a small little space, probably about five inches or so, of just wall. And what I saw in the reflection was pressed up against that small little space. So when I looked up, I saw what looked like a human-like figure pale white or gray-skinned color. Long fingers that were human-like but abnormally long. And it, to me, I immediately thought of like a naked mole rat. Like it was very hairless. And it was very, very skinny. Almost malnourished. It had very human-like features. The mouth, the eyes, the nose, it just, there was something very uncanny about it. It looked human, but it wasn't. And it sort of just looked at me, and I looked at it in the reflection. I remember dropping the toothbrush, leaving the water running, and just running across the house to my mom's room. There, I noticed that her and Samantha were just watching TV, and I was panicking, I was panting and they're asking me like what happened I explained to them what happened and they were just kind of looking at me like what are you talking about but I knew one thing for sure I was not going back to that room for a week straight I never went into my room I would ask Samantha to get my clothes for me for the next day for school or my backpack because I was not going in there I didn't know what it was and I didn't know if it was still there But ever since then, I never saw it again. Fast forward and I was now into high school. I was getting more into the horror genre and the supernatural. Was in my room and sometimes I like to have something on in the background just to fall asleep. And so I played a video and I let it go on while I closed my eyes. It was talking about this creature that they called the rake. I had no idea what it was, and I was just listening. It started talking about these different encounters that people had had and how it had been this creature that was like documented throughout history. There were sightings dating back to like the early 1700s. It wasn't until it began to describe what it was that I made the connection. It started to describe this long thin figure with like very long fingers sharp nails and pale gray skin they also mentioned that it was hairless it seemed as if the skin was just very smooth that's when it clicked whatever they were talking about was very similar to what i had seen 
It was then that I opened my eyes and I saw the photo on the TV screen. What it was, was exactly what I saw when I was 13 years old. And from then on, I knew what I saw was a rake. They say it's fake. It's just an internet cryptid. That's what people call it because it was created through all these different forums. But what I saw, so what I saw broken down to everything, that's exactly what I saw. So if it's fake, I don't know what it is that I saw. To this day, I'll call it the rake. I don't care what anybody says. That's, That's what I saw. The strange activity that happened in this not so haunted house continued with newer family members. Towards the end of my high school experience, we got a new dog. I remember the first day that we got him, we met this very young, like college age couple that had to give him away because they weren't able to have pets at their new apartment. And Samantha and I were so excited. We had never had a German Shepherd before, so this was going to be the first time. And as you can imagine, we were happy. The first couple days that he was there at our house, he seemed very like timid, like he was trying to get used to us. He never really made noise, never barked, and he was slowly but surely starting to become like affectionate with us. We were all just chilling inside the house. It was late at night. Samantha was watching TV. My dad was also there with her and I was doing homework on the dining room table. And he began barking. It was the first time we ever heard him bark. We were all so confused. I remember I was texting my girlfriend when suddenly I heard the dog barking. He begins to bark like crazy and we all kind of like stood up and were confused because this was the first time we had heard him bark and he was in the kitchen barking at what seemed to be nothing. The thing is that he wasn't just barking though. He was also kind of growling and... He seemed as if he was trying to protect something or as if something was there that he didn't like. And as soon as Coco started barking, we all just focused our attention on him trying to get him to calm down because it seemed like it just came out of nowhere. After I went up to him to calm him down and see what it was, maybe there was like some sort of animal or what have you, I saw nothing. I returned back to my seat. That's when I noticed I had left the text messaging app open and the text-to-speech was actually dictating some stuff. And the message that I saw spooked me a bit. He was reading it to me and I was just like, wait, can you read that again? The messages were entirely too relevant. The following is what the texts read. What can we do? They see the dog. It's okay. Get the knife. It did say something along along the lines of like the dog, the dog, it knows. Get the knife. That was clear. And I instantly just made the connection. Our dog was barking inside the kitchen. He probably saw some something in the kitchen just staring at us. It seemed as if like two people were conversing. They wanted us, they wanted to get rid of us, and they wanted to get rid of something. 
And they said, get the knife. I remember that clear as day being inside that text. We were kind of brainstorming, like, what happened? Why does it say this? We were like, we didn't say, we didn't really say anything, for one, about a knife. We never said anything, oh, we didn't reference the, the word dog at all. We were calling him by his name. And then we were just like, you know what? Like, he protected us. Like, he saw something that we obviously couldn't see. And he was, like, trying to kind of, like, warn us or, like, ward them off. About five years after that encounter with Coco, we got the opportunity to add a new pet to our family. And this was a pit bull named Honey. A cousin of ours decided to sleep over, and we thought it would be nice to kind of throw it back to the old days when we all used to spend the night with each other and kind of stay up late. We all said, we're going to sleep in the living room, falling asleep to watching scary videos. Something we often would do. We were up late night watching different YouTube videos, horror movies, just anything that we thought would, you know, set the mood. Eventually, we were all tired and we decided to go to sleep. I remember waking up in the middle of the night to just hearing Honey like begging to go outside. I'm half awake and I just get up and go open the door for her. And as soon as Samantha opened the door, usually Honey would just run right out and just kind of hurry out into the front yard. But this time, she didn't do anything. I opened my eyes and I seen Samantha and Honey both just staring out into the backyard. As soon as I open the door, though, like, I just suddenly hear this soulful singing. Some guy, some man, singing with his full voice as if he were giving a performance. And honestly, he really was. It was amazing singing. In the dead of night, somebody was singing in Spanish. And it, came, it sounded like it was coming from behind our house. And we do have neighbors that live directly behind us, but none of them speak any Spanish. So it made no sense to hear this loud singing in Spanish. And I was just standing there with the door open. Honey wasn't crying no more. Instead, she just sat there with me as I listened to this. At some point, I realized that my brother was awake and so was my cousin. And they immediately told me, close the door. Like... Don't let her go outside. Don't let her do anything. Just close the door. It's kind of mesmerized by what was happening. We didn't know what to think of it. Honey never went outside. And eventually I told Samantha to just close the door and lock it. Because I didn't know what was going on. We never thought of it again. And my cousin tells me like, oh, don't you guys have the cameras? And my brother's like, oh, yeah. And so he checks his phone and he goes on our ring camera. And we start listening to it. The following is what they heard on their ring camera that was recording a completely empty backyard.
So going back to your initial question about it, whether we think this is something that's like hereditary, I had always thought about that. And when we started our podcast, I, of course, first episode, we wanted to share our own stories as well as stories of our friends and family. So we went around asking everybody we knew. And first people we thought of were our parents. Our parents never experienced anything, really. And it wasn't until we got to our grandparents, of course, had a number of stories. Especially my grandma, who just seems to be so in tune with these, all these different spirits. It slowly but surely started to, like, come to me that, like, maybe this could be something that has been passed on. You hear of gifts being passed on from generation to generation, and at times it skips a generation. I realize, like, I do feel a little bit spiritually connected to or like spiritually receptive to things and i'm not sure if it is because of my connection to nature maybe it's through my grandma she did pass down a gift to us or something where we are receptive and we do realize when things occur i do kind of feel connected to the paranormal like supernatural kind of realm of things you see the reason why we say this is because it was really just us like nobody else would ever experience anything and we always knew that we could come to each other because we'd be the only ones to believe us i remember fondly like those memories of him we just always just been interested in the supernatural paranormal even just horror in general like that's one of our favorite genres for movies and so we've always connected that way for sure a very special thanks to samantha and jose for sharing their experiences the Calaveria podcast is available on all platforms. Look in our episode bio for more information. When you have a sec, please rate and review us on any platform you listen to. It would mean the world to us. Do you have a story you've been hiding? Submit it to us at hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Written and recorded submissions are welcome. Geist is written and directed by Daniel Matar. Original score and FX by Bo Jensen. Geist sound and mixing is by Adam Esker. Geist logo is by Jake Carruthers. Follow us on social media platforms like Instagram at Geist underscore podcast and TikTok at Geist podcast. Thank you for joining us on All Hallows Eve. Sleep tight.